We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into episode 150-150 of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm Neil McCready. Tyler Siski joins me here on this Thursday afternoon, a little after 2 o'clock. The NBA trade deadline has come and gone. We're going to break every single transaction down. We're going to get Tyler's thoughts about the Knicks getting Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burke. Does that cement them as contenders? We're going to talk about – no, we're not. We're not going to talk about those things. We're going to talk about some other stuff. First, I want to tell you that uh, we're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. And before Tyler tells you about uh, the chat, I'll tell you that uh, we'll be back in studio if everything continues along the same path. We'll be back in studio on Monday, resuming our uh, normal live streaming. I appreciate everyone's patience over the last four weeks. Um, but I, I did this. I think I've kind of done this as the right way. I'm, I'm starting to really make progress. And I finally feel confident enough to go up and down some stairs like that. I didn't want to have some accident and fall and have a setback. So I appreciate everybody understanding. As I had to remind Tyler a few times, I'm not 24 uh, I had to be careful a couple of times. I have felt like I'm 24 and I have been reminded uh, by my uh, my body, specifically my right leg, that I am not. So uh, we'll be back to you on Monday, though, in uh, in real time and have the uh, the chat room, which is uh, brought to you by uh, our friends at Cooper Chevrolet. Tyler, what's up? You know, Neil, I'm looking forward to getting back in studio Although it has made my day, I, I do like kind of buy 30 minutes of my day back every day without yeah. a drive, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. But today I'm popping the rainstorm harvest grape today for you. Got to get a little rain in me. I got a, I got a really busy afternoon. As soon as we hang up here, I got, we got opening day baseball for the Oxford Chargers today. Oh. So um, going, they play at 3.30 and at 7.00. And then in between, sandwiched just perfectly in between, my eight-year-old has a basketball game at 530. So I'm going to need 
I'm going to need a little little Harper's grape, little little rainstorm to get me through the afternoon. I will say this, speaking of Oxford, if anybody out there Friday needs some uh, needs some entertainment, needs some drama, there's playoff soccer at uh, Oxford High School. It's at the middle school where they uh, where the, the football stadium is. They play at the football stadium. The girls, Oxford girls, play a state quarterfinal game, 530 against Clinton. They're going to have their hands full. They need help. So if you are you're around, you want to go support the, the Lady Chargers, I'm sure they'd love to have you. Admission at the gate is just $10. And if you get in for the girls' game, you can stay for the boys' game at 7.30. The Oxford Bogo. The Bogo, that's right. The uh, buy one, get one free. Buy one playoff game, get one playoff game free. The Oxford boys' Chargers at 7.30. Uh, play host to Madison Central in a state quarterfinal game. Uh, big games, both teams. Yeah, I know it's supposed to rain. That's all right. Grab a rain, get in the rain, put on a raincoat, cheer for the Chargers, make some noise, uh, hope for the best. Both teams going to have their hands full. Um, yeah, so do that Let's on do Friday it. night. See, you could, you could get a get you. So you could go, you could go get uh, some Oxford High School baseball today, some soccer tomorrow. I mean, and then Sunday you get the Super Bowl. What what, what, else, what more could anyone fan, possibly want? Yeah, as a sports fan, what else you want? Uh, but we'll be back on Monday in the studio. The Cooper Chevrolet chat will be bumping. Uh, and here is a this is a great this is a great little inside for the since this, we're audio only. Great little inside. Social media followers get early access to the best new car discounts, pre-owned markdowns, and service coupons this month. You can go to Cooper Chevy on Twitter. That's Cooper Chevy on Twitter. Or if you're just interested in talking to them about a car, make sure you give those guys a call. Area code 256-236-4481. All right, Neil. A little, uh, little breaking ahead. news. Uh, SEC, oh. just, SEC just announced their distribution of uh, of revenues. Each I guess? Yeah, take a stab. $56 million. You're high. $51 million. There you go. $51.3 million. I'll give you credit. You got the second guess right. $51.3 million per school. And as my friend Gabe DeArmond says in the text, also the SEC tells fans they need to spend more money to buy players to be good. <laughs> it just means more, Neil. We're not, but we're not going down that road because look, if, if it were a business, if it were a business, 51.3 million would be spent a lot differently than it's spent in this, in this format. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, do you feel like, and we're not definitely not getting into it. I I know we have to talk about it on this podcast because I know people want to hear your opinion more than mine on the subject. We got two minimum of two more years of this minimum. I said two, two more years of this. Yeah. I'm already tired of the subject. Yeah. Yeah, same. Okay. Same. I'll make sure it's not just me. I I, I feel oh, like no, it's not you. Bad podcast guy. I know people in college athletics who are dealing with it. Who are God? They're exhausted from the subject. They're like, and and frankly, they're they're just kind of at this point waiting on Something. waiting on the courts to do what the courts are going to do. Just kind of right. sitting back waiting. So whatever. We're gonna get off of it before me and you get down that rabbit hole again. Well, we got we got another 150 episodes to get down that rabbit hole. Um, speaking of college athletics, 
I knew it was probably, you know, how you try to, you know, something's coming and you, you try to prepare yourself for it, but, it, but sometimes it's not even what it goes beyond what you prepare yourself for. Uh, yesterday was a really weird day for me. Um, yesterday, as we tape on Thursday at two seventeen in the afternoon, yesterday was national signing day, allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly. <and> allegedly. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I get so for what we do in my business, you know, Sunday, you like the the December signing day is uh, is crazy busy for us. Uh, last signing day, last February was a lot more busy for us. Yeah. And what I mean is like we have to go in and once they sign somewhere, we got some things we do on their profiles inside of Quick U and things like that to put their final, um, you know, where they sign and all that stuff in their profile. Uh, so when they go back in the portal here in six months, then then all their information is up to date. Uh, but we went through yesterday and went through every single school in about 30 minutes yesterday. Wow. Um, I'm going to say around 200-ish is probably the number kids uh, that actually signed yesterday that we had to update stuff on. Where just to give you a little background, you know, in December, it's more like 200 or like 2000 ish, a little bit more than 2000 ish in December. Yeah, sure. Um, many, many schools. I, I, I did, we didn't keep stats and I probably should have, if I knew I was going to talk about this on a podcast today, but I would say probably about 50% of the schools didn't add anyone. I mean, zero. Some schools were making announcements on portal guys and things like that, but they're not kids signing, you know, signing day. It was just like an announcement. It was just very odd. Um, and you look back to um, how it used to be with how big of a deal it was and all that stuff. It's gotten to the point now that nobody, I don't know if there was even a, I don't remember seeing anything on TV about it. I saw very little about social media about it. Um and this thing's going to go away. And then I'm a hundred percent convinced uh, the more in the last, now that coaches are coming back up for air, uh, talk to a bunch, bunch of our buddies that we talked to um, that have been grinding for the last couple of weeks. Um, I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see this thing move back to where this is the only signing day. I think that's what they're trying to get done. I think that's a voice uh, that a lot of the coaches want is, yeah later than earlier i think it's they don't want the early one because they know what the early one means and and, yeah. and people people don't like this when i say this um i've learned this people just not all people a lot of a lot of fans get it but there's a group of fans that they cannot grasp that not everyone in coaching is making a gazillion dollars and and they can't grasp that not everyone in coaching is coaching in the power two level and that if you're the wide receivers coach at a Sunbelt school, you're not making millions of dollars. No. If you're a wide receivers coach or a defensive backs coach in the Mac, you're not making half a million dollars. And what happens with an early signing day, Tyler, is because you people are so competitive, you can't help it. That's just the way you're wired. Um, you, you won't have a summer anymore. And, and, and if you don't have a summer and you go straight into the grind of a season and recruiting and stuff – not only you're going to have burnout, but you're going to have health issues, and everyone knows it. And um, and and I, I think I think most everybody knows that while a, a, a July 31st signing day on some hand on some counts makes sense, 
it, it it's going to end up being detrimental overall. And I think yeah. you're right. I think we're going back to a two thing, a two prong thing. Uh, more and more kids are, are enrolling early. You can still enroll early. You can sign your financial papers and whatnot. You can start classes. And then on that Wednesday of, of national signing day, you can just walk into the football building and sign your paperwork and be done with it and go ahead and sign your national letter of intent or whatnot. Um, but I agree with you. I think some point in the next, I'll go. It's going to happen with a break off. That's when it's going to happen. Yeah. I'll go three years, some point in the next three years, it moves to February. And I'm going, I'm going to say this. I, I really, I really am going to try legitly uh, when this thing does break off. Um, I'm legitly going to try to, uh, be on some committees with when it comes to recruiting rules um, and things like that. I, I think the recruiting departments and personnel and, and coaches need to have a voice, um, an unbiased voice, more importantly, um, that understands the whole dynamic when it comes to making uh, rules and regulations. So when this thing does break off, I'm going, I, I legitly am going, I, I know some people. <laughs> I'm going to try to make some phone calls and see if I can get on this thing. Cause I, I just want the betterment of the sport, man. I, I think it, I think it needs to go that way. But anyway, we digress. Um, all right. Got to talk about this. I thought this was great. Uh, in the most non-shocking news of all time, yesterday ESPN announced the addition of Nick Saban to College Game Day and to various draft, all kinds, basically working for ESPN. Um, and I thought it was a really ingenious move um, with – by ESPN, and we knew it was coming. But here's what we, we talked about this morning with my guys this morning. Uh, one of my guys that works for me, Clay Karcher, he is a massive Pat McAfee fan, watches every day, the whole deal. And if you listen to College Game Day, there was a big voice, and it's usually the older people that don't like Pat McAfee. Um, it's the younger people that don't like Corso and the old, the old heads. I think when you bring in when you bring in Nick Saban, you combine him with Pat McAfee, you got the whole college football audience. You got the young people. I think you're going to make the older people happy. Uh, I, I look for them to have a little resurgence here in uh, in their ratings and so on and so forth uh, moving forward. Well, I mean, I can tell you that someone they've lost, hand raised. I don't watch the show anymore. I, I don't like it. Uh, I am of the opinion that Nick Saban will, if they give him the runway, and I think they probably will because he's Nick Saban. Um, if they give him the runway, I think he can completely uh, redeem the show. Now they you know got what I'm saying? Like, I think it's like people and correct me if I'm wrong here. Cause you won that they lost. I, I, I did have it on. I did. I paid the least amount of attention that I paid on it in a long time. Um, basically more because of my life, but, I did have it on every every Saturday, but it's almost like you can't you you can't find you can find people that don't like Pat McAfee and you can find people that don't like Nick Saban. I don't know if you can find somebody that dislikes them both. You know, it's funny. I, I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and I like I like McAfee fine. I mean, sometimes he's a little over the top for me. I, I what I'm hoping, and they have too many voices right now. I'm hoping they they eliminate some voices. And I'd like for them to give Nick Saban enough runway that I can get two things from him. I'd love to see the human side of Nick Saban. 
And then I'd love to see the football side of Husey, of Nick Saban. And I think they'll let us have both if they're smart. Like if I'm in the room and someone goes, hey, we're planning this show. And they're walking around the table and they come to me and they go, Neil, what do you think? I'm just like, Saban. What do you mean? A lot of Saban. I want to see more than, I want to see more than the Nick Saban that gets interviewed pregame, halftime, postgame, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, radio show. I've seen all that and I like it. I want more. I want to see the human side of him. I want, I want to send Nick Saban in to do a, let Nick Saban do a one-on-one with, um, I don't know, Kirby Smart, where Nick Saban does the interview. Send Nick Saban in to, 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 to uh, you know, spend part of a day with, uh, um, like, seriously, with Lane Kiffin, where Nick Saban's interviewing Lane Kiffin. I think that would be fascinating. <laughs> I, I totally do. I totally I'd do. Be watching. It'd be great. It'd be great. I mean, not just because I think we'd see a different side of him, and I'd, I'd like that. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. And then and then when we talk about, hey, how do we fix college football? Okay, let's – all right, let's get Nick Saban, not the Alabama coach, just Nick Saban. Not the Alabama coach. Give me Nick Saban. And now I get to get that because he's not going to be coaching Alabama. He's not going to be recruiting Alabama's class. He's not going to be having to think about, okay, well, how does this – how is – he's going to think about the sport, and he knows everybody in the sport. He's going to be able to get – who's going to turn down in coaching? Who's going to turn down a request from ESPN to be interviewed by Nick Saban? Oh, nobody. Nobody. So sit those people down and let's have some real substantive conversations that also leads to a, the human side. I, I, I want to see, I want to see Nick Saban, the grandfather. I, I do. I want to see Nick Saban interact with fans at LSU or at Tennessee or whatnot. I want to see what that looks like. And if they're smart, They'll acknowledge that a lot of what's happened with that show, God bless him, but you got it. You, you you can't make you can't make this about Corso much anymore. It just won't work. And and well, they, I, this year I know you didn't watch much this year, but I mean he's already he, he doesn't have about five minutes on the show anyway. So it's not he's never on the he's on the stage for the picks, and that's and that's literally his only his only uh, part really anymore. They've kind of I think they've kind of moved on from that there. Um, you know, do you know what I'm probably going? I'm probably going to give away. Uh, not that I'm a, a TV show producer. Let me tell you what would be fascinating. Um, that I've actually thought about doing because I knew if we ever got a chance to to do our podcast with him, it's something I was going to ask him. I would like to get every all these coaches and people in in football that have worked with him over the years, get them in a room with him, and uh, and tell stories back to Nick about him ripping their ass over something and if yeah. Nick can and if Nick can remember doing it. <laughs> that would like, be fun. I got I'm, I'm not going to tell half, half of my guy, but I there's some to me that will go to the grave with me that I've told you personally I'll never tell in the air um that were just like I'll never forget them. And I bet you he doesn't remember he never he probably forgot them 5 minutes after I walked out the door. But I'm just talking about legendary ass rippings that are great. I think it would be awesome to get like Mario Lane, Kirby, Billy Napier. I mean, we can go down the list, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and put them all in a room and, and get them to tell 
the best ass ripping they got from Nick. And if he can remember uh, giving it, I think that'd be hilarious. Yeah, there's a lot. I just, my advice to ESPN on that show is a lot of saving, a lot of saving. I think a lot of people would be interested in in that and on a lot of fronts. So I suspect if, if, if dumb me can think of that, their TV people can think of that too. Hey, don't, don't, don't give them too much credit just yet. All right, so this thing, this Nick Saban thing, uh, going to ESPN gets me going down this rabbit hole. Um, I got a trivia question. I'm going to end this with you, uh, in this uh, segment with on you. Okay. Okay. So Saban's gone, and I start thinking. I'm like, okay, you got two new coaches coming. And I start thinking. I'm like, thinking about the the who's who's got the longest tenure as an SEC head coach now. And I was like, oh, that's easiest. Uh, Stoops, Mark Stoops, yeah, Stoops, who got the job uh, at Kentucky uh, the same year that Freeze gets hired at, uh, I think the same year, maybe the year after uh, that, I think it was the year after that Freeze got hired at Ole Miss the first time. Okay. So he's been there 11 years, 11 seasons. He's the oldest. The second old, longest tenured coach in the SEC is now Kirby Smart. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, yeah, makes sense. Kirby's been there, just finished his eighth year. Yeah. And I start looking. Do you know who's the third longest tenured coach in the SEC? Well, let me let me let me work through it in my mind. Um, all right, I'm gonna do this the way I always do it. I go in the West. So Freeze is about to enter second year. Pittman, Drinkwitz, and Kiffin all are entering their fifth years. That's it. You don't have to think about it anymore. No way, really. Third I- longest tenured coaches. Wow. And so I looked at that. That gets me. That gets me going through this. How about this? So eighty-eight percent of the head coaches in the SEC—that's fourteen of the sixteen head coaches in the SEC—have been at their schools four years or less. Wow! <laughs> Not get even what, a full class. Get what you can when you can. Get what you can when you can get it. So. Uh, which which t- took me down another rabbit hole. So I said, how does that compare on the national level? So in FBS, okay, there's 133, 133 FBS jobs. 74% of the coaches in FBS have been at their school for four years or less. So three out of every four co- of coaches in America have been at their school uh, four years or less. So the That's going to become the norm. The fuse is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Oh yeah. Um, which then, I, as I'm as I'm looking at all this, and here comes the trivia question I have for you: How many active head football coaches have won national championships? How many active head football coaches? The guys that are coaching right now, head football coaches. How many of them have won national championships? So let's see. Mac Brown won one at Texas. That is, he is one of them. Uh, Kirby Smart, one at Georgia. Two. Um, I'm sure there's something obvious. Let's see. Um, you actually got Mac Brown, which I thought you would not get. But Lincoln Riley's one. never won one, right? That is correct. Uh, Ryan Day's never won one. Uh, Harbaugh's gone. Uh, yep. Saban's gone. Jimbo's gone. Brian Kelly's never won one. That is correct. Gus, Gus never won one as a head coach. That is correct. Um, 
at the risk of you making fun of me in a minute for not thinking of anybody else, I'm going to say it's two. It's three. It's three. You're going. You'll know. So you're going to go with one of these. Oh, Dabo. 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 Dabo Swinney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dabo. So there are now three of the 133 head football coaches in FBS have won a national championship. And one of those was one of those was a solid 15 years ago. <laughs> yes, it was. It was actually was it 2005. Was it that for some reason I thought it was 2009, but I'm not good with, I'm not good with yeah. remembering that unless it's the Cubs, at which point I can tell you like whether it was yeah, June. It was 2005 because Vince Young was quarterback. Okay. Yeah. So it's been 20 years basically. Yeah. yeah. How about how, that? How about that? Uh, got me, got young me man's down. game, young man's game. And you don't get a lot of time. I was, uh, that's my, since we're going back live in the studio on, uh, on Monday, that was my, that was my pledge to grind right there. That was my, me missing grind. Uh, trivia question right there. All right. A uh, couple things, clean up things, and we got some good life advice here in just a second. Um, Chip Kelly interviews uh, with, he was one that I, a couple weeks ago, and I said, there's go, and it's not done, it's not over. He was one that was on my, uh, in yeah. my mind there. Chip Kelly's interviewed with uh, Seattle, as same as uh, Ryan Grubb has as well. Um, Interesting. They signed zero players yesterday, by the way, just in case you're thinking about that. Not one player signed yesterday. Um, I mean, we talk about this all the time. And again, it's it's something that just a lot of fans don't want to hear unless you're at a school that has NIL really figured out. This job's harder than it's ever been. And in some cases, it's more impossible than it's ever been. And so the message, if you're if you're UCLA, is he doesn't believe you can do do it there. He doesn't believe that you have in place what it need, what you have to have to compete in the Big Ten. And he's and he and and then on a personal level, he he just misses coaching football. He wants to just coach football, and you can do that in the National Football League, and you cannot do that at the college level. You've, as a head coach, you either one of two things. You either have to be on basically 24-7, constantly recruiting, or you have to and or you have to have a building full of people who are phenomenal at recruiting, administration, management, communication, all of those things. There's no doubt. He – he I, I can't get this confirmed. I'm not going to confirm this, but I know he is – uh, come up for discussion in some other jobs this offseason as far as the NFL is concerned, two other coordinator jobs specifically. Um, but, man, I mean, that would be – I mean, you already got Boston College that's still open, um, and you're opening up that job out there. You know, who do you hire this late? I mean, you can't you, – you're going to start opening up a – were you going to open up a whole carousel after signing day? Because if you – who are you going to hire? You got to sit and say who you're going to hire. Who would take the job? Well, who would take the job would be a, a big name power, a group of five get coach, right? Yeah. Now that's open. You know, is you're, so what are you going to do? Start the carousel over? Um, it gets, and you got a lot of these group of five for the fans that don't know, a lot of these group of five contract assistant contracts are brand new um, January 1. So you get into contract stuff with assistance. It gets, it gets a little messy. So uh, we'll be interested to see what happens there. Hey, real right, quick, so, I want to tell you, real quick, I want to tell you that we're brought to you by Athletic Greens. AG1 by Athletic Greens. I drink it literally every day. 
I give AG1 a try because I want a better gut health, sustained energy, immune system support. I hate taking those big pills, supplement pills. Don't like them. I drink AG1 every morning. I, I love knowing I'm doing something good for my body, giving my body the nutrition it craves, covering my nutritional bases. Covering my nutritional bases for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing each morning, done. Also, like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients. It's a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash MPW. That's athleticgreens.com slash MPW. Check it out. All right. Uh, I had this was – I saw this live yesterday. I was in here getting some work done. Um, and as I'll do in here getting some work done, uh, I'll have things on the background. And I had uh, the Pat McAfee show on there. And it's my favorite – I like the Pat McAfee show. Um, but this is my favorite week of the year because he's at the Super Bowl at Radio Row. Everybody wants me. He has a 1,000 guests, and they come on. Well, yesterday has to be uh, – the most interesting thing I've ever seen in a live interview of my life yesterday. Uh, Tony Pollard. Have you, did you see this by the way? Did not. Social media? No. So Tony Pollard, the Cowboys now free agent running back uh, was, was at the Super Bowl. Neil, he's promoting like a, uh, a scented protein powder or something. Right. So he's there doing his promotion and he comes on the uh, live and sits down and starts doing the interview and, you know, they got, you know, A.J. Hawk. They got all these guys there that are part of the little, you know, cast. And, and I think it was A.J. Hawk asked him. He said, hey, he's like, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, uh, one, what are your thoughts about uh, uh, Quinn going to the commanders? You know, and, and do you have any idea who you guys might replace him with? Right. Nice, easy softball question. And you see this look on the face of Pollard and he kind of looks at him. He goes quiet for about five seconds. He goes, well, uh, you see, that's interesting. He goes, I deleted all of my social media accounts in the middle of the season. He actually said Instagram, so maybe that's the only thing he had. Um, he goes, I'm just now finding out that that Dan Quinn's the head coach of the commanders. And we're like, oh, like just recently? He goes, no, like right now as you're telling him. So, so he had no idea that Dan Quinn got the head job of the Washington commanders and like in one, in one area, I'm like, man, how awesome must it be to be that big of a, of a human being and be that unplugged, be able to be able to unplug that much that you don't know that. That was my one thought. That was awesome. But my two is who's this guy's agent, man, because a good agent would have said, Hey, I know you're going to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl and you are a free agent. Hey, just to give you a heads up, you're one of your assistant coaches just got the head coaching job of the Washington Commanders. Is that a place that you would be interested in talking to? Like that's that conversation should have taken place between the agent and the player sometime in the last week. And he was completely caught off guard, had no idea. And the look on his face, he was like, I I I was like speech. I thought it was a bit. It wasn't a bit. It's one hundred percent accurate. How about that? 
that's that's some neil don't you aren't you kind of like envious of the guy a little bit that he was that oh yeah unplugged yeah 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 i mean i i would love to like disappear sometime for like two weeks and then come back and someone say what did you hear about this 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 i'm like i didn't hear about anything man i mean i i was gone i don't i don't know that i'm incapable of that but i'm jealous that would literally that would literally be like uh that would be that'd be like uh i don't know what uh like uh what's your is it michael luker it'd be like him coming back from vacation and be like him going and talking to somebody and being like hey how about neil huh he's like what are you talking about oh neil's now running the own three site (laughs) (laughs) it's out there man that's that was uh that'd be something yeah that'd be something all right um couple of things and we're going to get to life advice. I know you didn't hear about this, but I wanted to bring it to your attention. I want to talk about it on a podcast. This was one of the most head scratching things I've seen in a long time. Uh, Clearwater Academy in Florida. So all the football coaches listening right now know exactly where it's at, know all about it. Uh, I looked up inside of quick U since 2022, uh, which we, since we've been doing business and starting of the class of 2022, there's been 43 kids, okay, 43 kids that have gone on to play college football or in the current class going to play college football. You know, 43 FBS caliber players in the last three classes, okay? So, big school, right? Yeah. So, they make announcement out of the blue yesterday. And uh, and I look at it, I'm reading on Twitter. I'm like, what is this? And I'm going to read it to you. Clearwater Academy has a 16-year history of football from its beginnings as a six-man football team in a 40-student high school to what it is today, a nationally known and ranked program that has sent over 80 players to college programs, including some of the finest institutions in America, such as Stanford, Notre Dame, and Alabama. We never conceived that Clearwater Academy could become the football powerhouse that it is today. The success of the program given the odds that we have overcome, is truly uh, astounding. Head coach Jesse Chenster's determination and hard work has created growth and success far beyond anything that we've ever imagined. Okay, I'm like, okay, I'm reading it. I'm in. Okay, cool. What's, What's next? And then the last paragraph. Because of its unprecedented success, the program has outgrown Florida. The future requires us playing at a national level on par with some of the top sports academies in America. Okay, I'm in. What we got? What we got? Yeah. yeah. And then we end it with this, Neil. After an exhaustive attempt, and despite looking at all the possible options, we have come to the conclusion that we cannot devote the resources to operate on this national scale. Okay. Therefore, we are unable to pursue the football program going forward. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They just whoa. killed it. Whoa. Hey, whoa. Hey, hey. hey, that is, I'm, I'm going to tell you what now, that, that is a PR, uh, you oversold right there. That is PR 101 masterpiece in spinning. We just had our funding pulled. I'm sitting here. I'm going like, I'm reading this thing, and and like, and so here here's what they do. I have to have done in the past. It's a really big hub for international players, right? So they get a lot of kids from Canada, Europe, and things like that that will come over. And like, I was looking like so in the 25 and 26 and even 27 class. There's like nine kids right now, but they'll have 20 something in the fall. You know what I mean? They'll 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 bring in kids from all over, um, but. To go from looking, hey, we're we've outgrown Florida, okay? We're ready to do this this bad boy on national scale. Uh, never mind, we're just gonna kill football altogether. Like you've gone from, you went from researching. Basically, they were researching if they were gonna come an uh, IMG or not. They 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 had their funding pulled. They pulled their funding. There's no doubt about it. They just and they were allowed to couch it this way, but now they had their funding pulled. I mean, how about, I mean, that's I'm it. Just... That's it. They, they, somebody, somebody that runs that place said, we're spending way too much than we should. You know, in fact, this is just not worth it anymore. We're moving on to other ventures. Yeah, we're just, we're not going to play football anymore. Yeah, we're <laughs> wow. Yeah, anyway, that was great. All right. Uh, last thing. I gotta, I gotta figure out how I'm going. I'm going, I'm going to keep this anonymous. I was talking to, uh, someone that was involved in the senior bowl this past year. Yep. Like it's in last week. And was that how'd it go? Yada, yada, yada. How do you think your stock went up now? Yada, yada, yada. Just, just talking. A uh, friend of mine. And everything was good. Uh, had an interesting, and I really hadn't, to be honest with you, never had thought about it. Brought up a very interesting point. Um, Last year, starting – this is the second year. Last year, and you know because you've probably covered a gazillion senior bowls being down in Mobile for so long. Yep. You would always have uh, usually two of the worst staffs or worst teams that were that were picking high in the draft. You would have complete staffs that coach the game. So you may have the Raiders coach. Uh, so like this year would have been like the Bears and the coach one team, the Commanders coach the other team. And because they're going to get – they have a lot of draft picks, whatever, right? And they're not in the playoffs yada, 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 their whole staff would go down there and coach the game and conduct practices, meetings, and the whole deal. Well, starting last year, they went away from that, and they started getting 
different coaches from different teams, okay, to coach the game. And uh, the exact quote was, is this isn't a high school all-star game. You know, these kids, you know, he goes in high school and all-star games, it's fine because you've already signed, you know, it is what it is. And, it, you know, just kind of, it's just for fun. He goes, but the senior bowl, we're trying, this is a big deal for us. We're trying to increase our value as players and, you know, make money. And the problem came in to where, like, you know, I'll give you some examples that were said to me. It's like, you you may have the offensive line, and I don't know where the offensive line coach was, but he goes, you may have the, the offensive line coach from Washington, and they're teaching inside zone this way. And they're teaching it because the, the back's, you know, reading this on inside zone. But the running back is from – the running back's coach is from a different team. And he's teaching the path of the back totally different. And so it – completely was bogging down plays. Uh, heard this at quarterbacks. Uh, it was one specific play that they brought up to me where at this guy's college, he was reading it inside out, or he, he was reading it inside out, the read inside out in college. The offensive coordinator, who was from a different team, was telling him to read it from outside in, and the quarterback's coach was teaching him to read it high to low on the same pass play. And so – you end up with confusion and it makes you look bad as a player. And I just thought that was something that was very interesting. I think they probably need to look at that when it comes to, because you probably had a lot of people and I've heard this, you know, there was a lot of people that didn't look great. How much of that is on, you know, not staffs, not being on the same page, teaching different things to run a, a one play, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I liked it when they had the, the staff from two different non-playoff teams in. Um, I always thought that was, pretty interesting the because the players got a true nfl experience like here's what a practice week is like in the nfl um and it gave them a better chance at, at looking good on those tuesday wednesday practices where uh all the whole nfl's there you know i mean the game doesn't really matter the the practices do um so you you want as much continuity as is possible. So I, I would, I would hope that they go back to that. If, if, if that's, if that's doable, because that really was a cool thing to observe back in the day. I don't know why they're doing it. I, I think it's a great idea why they're doing it. They're doing I think it, it was to, I think it was to give multiple opportunities to a yeah. lot of young coaches to do stuff, but they probably weren't really thinking about the, when they did it, they probably weren't really thinking about the uh, consequences. Well, just the that that's a detail that probably got sort of overlooked. If you're if you're thinking about it, they, they probably didn't dive that deep into it, and and uh, it's affecting. If it's impacting players, then it's not a good. The idea yeah. is good. It just might not end up being one that you can truly execute in that period of time. So maybe they'll listen to some feedback from players and go back to that because that was a that was always a neat thing to like watch the you know, the Chargers staff or the Eagles staff or the Raiders staff or the Bears staff or whatever run a practice, um, you know, and obviously it gave those teams insight into a lot of players, you know, because they got to work with them all week in meetings and on the practice field and uh, things of that nature. And, and they got a chance to, you know, evaluate guys in a pretty realistic work setting. So hopefully they go back to that. All right, Neil. Uh, this I actually skipped over one thing. This is the last thing before we go to life advice. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, 
It's yep. the last football game of the year. Very depressing. Um, Chiefs, 49ers, 49ers favored by one and a half, 47 and a half total. Uh, for all you fans listening, the game, the kickoff is at 5:30, or that's what time it's supposed to start. So when don't be fooled when you turn your TV on at noon on Sunday and it's pregame. Nope, they're not even at the stadium yet. It kicks off at 5:30. You got your whole afternoon, uh, Sunday afternoon to get your mind right. Uh what is the official Neil McCready bet for the weekend for the fans? The official bet. Where are you putting your money? What are we doing? My level of interest for this Super Bowl is so low. Really? Uh, yeah, really, really low. Um, I'll watch it because it's the Super Bowl. Um, I will not be glued to it. Um I'm trying to see what Thunder plays Saturday, I think, so we're safe. Um They'll they'll kick all all sports away from Super, Super Bowl is the one thing nobody tries to do anything. Yeah, no, the NBA smart on uh, Super Bowl Sunday they play a lot they play several early games like 11 a.m. noon. Uh, so if you you know if you don't want to watch six hours of pregame, you can watch some NBA. But they're they they get off the court and plenty of time for the Super Bowl to get rolling. Um, I, I'll, I'll go Kansas City plus the two two and a half. I, I, I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. To win the game straight up, um, if you maybe put a little, little money on something, I, 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 I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'd go Travis Kelsey winning the MVP award. Okay. Uh, uh, but safe bets, Mahomes winning it again. Um, I am watching a little bit for a Andy Reid retirement rumor to pop. Ooh. Um especially if the Chiefs win. Um, but that's about it. I mean, look, I, I said this on the uh, Thursday Oxford Exxon podcast. If this were, th to me, neither one of these teams are particularly huggable. And yet at the same time, I don't hate them. I should hate the Chiefs. I don't. They're fine. I, I, I have a lot of admiration for Reed, Mahomes, Kelsey, the football player. Uh, Andy the, Reed, sixty-five years old. By the way, I just looked it up. They have a, you know, they've they've done a great job on on defense with this team. Um, the the 49ers, you know, I, I used to like John Lynch as a player. He's now done a really good job as the general manager in San Francisco. I I, I like I like Brock Purdy. You know, Christian McCaffrey's a likable guy. Debo Samuel's a likable guy. Uh, you know, they, they have Kittle. Some, yeah, Kittle. They have some elite players on defense. It's two good teams. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll probably end up cheering for the Niners probably, but not hard enough to matter. If the Lions were in this game, I think I would have ordered a Lions sweatshirt and gotten all into it. I, I think I would have been like, all right, today I'm going to be a Lions fan. Let's go. But – we don't have Cinderella in this. There's no plucky underdog. There's no phenomenal storyline. I mean, the hey, how great is Patrick Mahomes? If you're a Chiefs fan, cool. If you're not, like whatever. Um, you know, so I don't know. It, it. I love the stadium. You and I've been in the stadium together. It's a great stadium. Uh, I think it's cool that the Super Bowl is in Vegas. I don't hate the idea of it being in Vegas pretty often. Um, I bet it will. I, I bet it's going to be on that. Uh, you remember how like Tampa got on the rotation? Yeah. So, or, you know, in the late eighties and nineties and early, 
I, be, I guarantee you Vegas will be on the rotation. Yeah. I, it's a beautiful stadium. It's, it's a great for fans. It's, it's, uh, you know, high rollers. Vegas is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to be the guy that's by humbug about it, but it's not as compelling as a lot of Super Bowls because there's, I just don't have any kind of a rooting interest where, you know, you root for an underdog, you root for the big upset. Like when the Giants played the Patriots and, you know, the Giants kind of went on that playoff run and you're like, can they knock off the Patriots? And then it gets into the fourth quarter and you're just all New York Giants. Those were fun Super Bowls and, um, you know, Bengals, Rams. I was into it, of course, because the Bengals and, uh, you know, I think I'd be more into this one if it were the Bills or the the Lions or whatever. But these are two of the best teams, and um, it'll be it'll be a good game. But I, I like the Chiefs. Give me, you're giving me Patrick Mahomes on a dry track uh, with the chance to win a Super Bowl, and doesn't mean he's perfect. Doesn't mean he'll never. He's I know he's lost one before and he could lose one again, but he's he's. He's an all-time great. I'll I'll take my chances with him playing well. You know, Neil, when we started in the summer and we picked our winners and losers, I picked the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl in the summer. Oh, yeah, you did. I did. Um, I am betting the Chiefs' money line at 105, plus 105. Um, that's my bet. I kind of like the over. I'm not betting it. I do like the over at 47 and a half. If I was betting the over under, I do like the over at 47. I like the over. Super Bowls typically go over. Um, here's the deal. I think I think the Chiefs are hot. I think they're playing, and I think they're playing well on defense. Um, and and I think that's really what's carried them. And we're talking about with two first ballot Hall of Famers on the other side of the ball. Um and Mahomes gets all the attention. Captain Pfizer gets all the attention, and rightfully so. They're great. Um, but the defense is what's carried them. And I am so – you know how you have two weeks of this shit going into the Super Bowl? I'm so tired of everybody, including the San Francisco uh, coaching staff, trying to talk everybody into Brock Purdy being a great quarterback. He's averages grits. He is a system quarterback. I mean, he he if he doesn't if he when he gets to the top of his drop and he can get the ball out to his first read, it is on time and is the prettiest thing you've ever seen. But when he struggles is when he has to come off his first read because he doesn't have an overpowerful arm. He had he is a guy that has to get rid of the ball on time. And when he has been forced to go to second and third reads and all those all that stuff, that's when he struggled. Um, I think that's going to happen. They've had two weeks to prep for it. Um, I think the Chiefs win uh, outright, so that's, I'm taking the Chiefs uh, plus 105, even though I did pick the 49ers to win it. I'm just – I'm tired of people trying to talk me into Brock Purdy being some kind of first ballot Hall of Famer. I, yeah, just, I said is, this I said this Thursday morning. Yeah, this, th th what I said on Thursday morning is this about Purdy, and I think I'm right. I really do. I think I'm, I think I'm right. Because he was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft and all that stuff, he's obviously played above where he was drafted. 100%. He was – he was – he should have been drafted higher than he was. And and so, yes, he was an absolute steal as a seventh-round pick. He's a great story in that regard, a great value for the Niners uh, to, to get him in the seventh round. He appears to be a great guy. Uh, he's a good story, all that stuff. Um, I agree with you. He's he's an average NFL quarterback, and that's not an insult. I mean – No, that's the other thing is you can't say that without people going – yeah, no, I mean, no, an I mean average, 
that means, that means you're somewhere between the 10th and 17th best quarterback in the world, um, which is damn good. I mean, that that's not saying somebody's average isn't saying that they suck. Um, but I'm with you. He's not an elite quarterback. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback or any of that stuff. Um, it is it is a testament to the 49ers, to Shanahan, to him, that they are where they are and that he is plays within the system as well as he plays within the system. They have surrounded him with unique talent, and he is smart enough to get that talent to football on time. And so it's not an insult to him. But to me, I'm with you. In a game where I have both teams have had two weeks to prepare, all that stuff, give me the elite quarterback. To say, hey, Purdy's not as good as Mahomes, okay. That's okay. I mean, it doesn't mean he's a horrible guy. It doesn't mean he sucks. It just means you're going up against maybe the best to ever play. And that's the reason I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I think the Chiefs win the game. All right, Neil. You know what time it is? It is time, Tyler, for some life advice. And I have looked forward – to uh to this one i will tell you before we get into it that uh life advice is presented by cole walters of state farm insurance cole walters licensed in auto home life health business and pet insurance for the whole state of georgia so contact cole at 706-525-7850 you can also find cole at cole C-O-L-E, Walters, W-A-L-T-E-R-S, insurance.com. So we got a life advice submission. I will read it to you. Life advice. I'm a 28-year-old male. I have a good job working as an environment health safety coordinator. Recently, I broke up with my girlfriend. She said she wanted to be with someone who has more money. So I take it that she broke up with him. I make $75,000 before taxes. I feel that's good for a 28-year-old. Yeah, it's a six-figure gig. Good for you. Um, he says, but I don't know. I look myself in the mirror sometimes and wonder, is this right for me? Am I living right or what's wrong with me? My friends are getting married and having kids. And here I am, single, living in an apartment and focused on work. I don't really socialize much. I like attending sporting events, but I hate people. I don't like partying or bars. Should I sit back and just let life take its course or what? I want a family and just a nice house on a piece of land that I can call my own. Any life advice you can give, I'd appreciate. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. Obviously, we're keeping his name and such anonymous. So you want to go or you want me to go? Well, I mean, I think we can go back and forth on this. So you sent me this this morning. I was appreciative of you sending it to me early because it gave me an opportunity to run this by some young people, not just young people that I know that I, that I'm related to, but other young people, because look, you and I've talked about this before kids. Now, like one thing I've learned is that, Young people now, as it pertains to dating and such, they use different vernacular, which is I'm not saying what we did was the best way. They they do it differently. Like sometimes I'll hear the girls say that uh, a couple, they're talking. Well, what does that mean? Well, they they talk a lot. 
So they're dating? No, they're talking. They're talking about dating. I'm like, okay, okay. Did we have a term for that back then? Dating. That no, was, but like before the before the dating, did we have a term for that? Yeah, I, no, you. I, I think I think now they get to the dating stage. Dating is more serious than it was when we were that age. Gotcha. When we we were that age, you dated a lot, maybe. You dated to talk. Yeah, and then you got <laughs> yeah. You figured out whether it got serious. Now, if you get to the dating stage, it's pretty serious. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I, that's the way I in, interpret it. All right. Thank God I'm not in that world. <laughs> I've said this before. I'm approaching my 27th anniversary. If something ever happened, Laura just walks in the door and goes, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I, this has been a nightmare. I'm, I'm leaving you. Or if God forbid something were to happen, I'm, I'm never going in this world again. So I'm, this is, me just trying to help. So I reached out to people that are kind of in this world. Okay. And I got some feedback. All right. I really did. Let me find, uh, I, I put it all in one thread. Look at you research. I did. So one person said, poor guy. <laughs> Thanks. And then, then she came back though. She said he should try a dating app. The right person for him will love him no matter how much money he makes, which I agree with, by the way. The fact that the girl in question here was dumping you because you only take home $75,000 in your late 20s, she did you a favor, champ. Red flag. She was yeah. waving the red flag, okay? She's a disaster. I'm telling you now, she is, you avoided a nightmare. Okay, so that part, good on you. You, the storm was coming through and it skipped you. You got lucky. Now, um, they specifically recommended an app called Hinge, H-I-N-G-E. I know nothing I mean, about I, it. I have heard of it. I have never, I've never had a, I've, thank God, I, I skipped the, uh, the the dating app generation. Then another person said, one, he hates socializing and partying. Then maybe online dating might be a good way to put himself out there. But also, it's a young person. This is interesting. Sitting back and, quote, hating people, end quote, is not going to fix the situation. So he kind of needs to change his mindset and realize that everyone is on a different track in life. I think Hinge would be a good start, and maybe something can come of it. So there's just some advice from some younger people, younger than Tyler and myself, people who are out there figuring it out, all in their 20s, trying to find their path in life just like you are. And I'll before I just hand it off to Tyler, because he's got some real thoughts on this. And I do too. Um, I get it. You don't like bars and, and that scene, to be honest with you, when I was your age, I didn't like that scene either. Um, I don't like the loud bars. There were the, some bands playing that I got to pretend that I like they're playing music. I've never heard before. And I don't think it's particularly good. And it's super loud and I can't communicate. 
And back in the day, it was real smoky and I didn't like all that. I, I'm with you. I, that was never my thing. It was never a place where I felt like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to meet people here. I felt like I went because you were supposed to go and your buddies were going. And often I'd get there and within five minutes. I was trying to come up with a reason to leave. I get that. Um, But the whole you're a little young to hate people. You need to work on that part of it. That That's the part where maybe you need to go talk to somebody seriously about why do you feel that way? Why are you that cynical at 28? That's a little young to be that cynical. Um, there might be something deeper there that's that's uh, causing you to feel that way and that maybe is painting the way that, that you look at things and make decisions. Um, I don't mean that in a, in a negative way as a criticism. I, I, as I've told you before, this is not an ad for better help here. This is me being honest. I, I got therapy in my 40s and I wish I'd gone in my 20s because I, I would have I would have really benefited from it. And I think I think you would ben benefit from it, too. Another thing. Just because some of your friends are getting married and having kids doesn't mean that it's time for you to get married and have kids. That is not the reason to get married and have kids. The fact that your friends are getting married is good for them. Great. Awesome. Be happy for them. That does not put pressure on you to get married and certainly to have children. That that not No, not at all. Not, and that includes siblings, fraternity brothers from school, people at work that are colleagues. Nope, nope. You're on, you're on your own, as one person said, trap. That's... Uh, I love a Chris Beard analogy that he makes sometimes where he talks about different players. And he says, "You, yeah, this player's good, but he's running his own race. Meaning he might not be ready to play by this point in the calendar, but that doesn't mean that he's not successful. It means he's running his own race. Um, we talked about Nick Saban earlier. Nick Saban always talks about process, 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 not results. Process. Play the play. Don't look at the scoreboard. Keep playing the play. And then eventually you look up the scoreboard and you see what it says. I think you need to focus on process right now. Um, and then you, I mean, I, I wouldn't be good at this if I were in your spot. So I, this would be tough advice for me to hear too, but you got to figure out a way to put yourself out there somehow, some way. I don't know. What do you like to do? Um, go do things that you like to do and put yourself out there. Like if a, you like to cook, maybe go to cooking classes. Um, you like to work out, go to gyms, try different gyms, try different kinds of gyms, try places that maybe they have, you know, uh, spin classes or Pilates classes, things that are going to attract females, probably not a power lifting course, right? You're, you're going to, Go to places where there might be females who have some like interest with you, where it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation where maybe the ice has already melted a little bit, where you can break through a little bit. But the big thing that I would really focus you on is your line about, I hate people. I get it. I get it. But that's not good because that's not a good attitude. And if that attitude gets displayed in a conversation for a lot of females, that's going to be a real turnoff that you don't like people. They, you, you need to figure out what that's about and try to try to fix it. Tyler. Yeah, I got, I got, a. uh, this is, I kind of got a strong uh, opinion on this one. Um, I've dealt with some, you know, with even people that, uh, work for me now and have worked for me in the past 
this is a very unique age range. And I, I think the root of this problem is um, social media. Um, you're talking about he's 28. Social media started in 2009. And I think they see influencers and things going on on social media, and they think that they need to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at it, so he was 13 years old when social media came out. So his whole, basically his whole frontal lobe of his brain has been formed through social media and social media is not real life. Um, you see what influencers are out there, they're doing and, and people think, and this goes back to this money thing, right? Yeah. He, there's th this girl didn't is leaving him or breaking up because he didn't think that uh, he was making enough money. And I agree with you 400,000%. Uh, he, he avoided a, a red flag there. Um, if, if you have to change who you are or what you are to appease uh, your partner in life, it will not last. No. Um, you know, I always would say this about coaches and it's, it's very true. If you look in the coaching profession, the crazy life we live, coaches that you'll see coaches that are married forever and, you, and they go through all kinds of hard things. Um, but why are they usually married forever? Because their wife or whatever you want, their wife was probably with them when they were broke as shit. Yeah. Um, you know, when I met my wife, I, when we got engaged, when I met, when my wife and I got engaged, I was making $6,000 a year <laughs> coaching tackles and tight ends. Okay. Real winner, mom. Hey, mom, I mean, I'm sure when, when she went home, we're, we're really excited about that. Right. Um, and you just, but it should never be about money. You'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah. You'll figure that part out. Okay. The, you're 28 if you years do old. something that you like and you're good at it. Money will come. It will come. Um, I tell people this all the time. You know, I work my ass off. I didn't start seeing real money in my profession for the first 10 years I, I worked. Um, and you, you you live paycheck to paycheck. You will figure it out. But never let a, a relationship uh, come in the way of money or, or vice versa. And I think, I think there's a lot of expectations in this generation uh, that they're going to graduate college and they're going to be the CEO of the company two days after they leave college. You, there is, you have to work in the real world, not on Instagram, not, and they see, and that's what I, I was getting at with social media. Yeah. There's so many of these quote unquote influencers that have made millions of dollars trying to get ready with me to go out to dinner videos and things like that. That's not real life. Um, and that's just not how things work. And it's a flash in the pan. Um, I also think the social media is probably a root of this hate people thing. When you grow up on the social media, we know this because we knew what the world was like before social media. Mm -hmm. But when you get on social media, even today, I scroll through them, but they're there. The, the tone of hate, everything is hate, yeah. hate, hate. It's yeah. hate Democrats. It's hate Republicans. It's yeah. hate. It, everything is hate, 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 hate. And yeah. that's why there's trolls. I mean, that's why there's haters. Every single positive thing you see, like if you see, find any positive post that you want to see out there. And if you go through, if it's been looked at enough, if you go through the comments, there's a hater in there. There's so much hate yeah. on social media. Yeah. Is I think that's that's some of the problem there, right? Yeah. And then and then the last thing is this, and I think again, this is a social media thing. I think it's a problem, and he's right in the middle of that generation. The the late twenties, 
Um, early 30s is probably as far as I'll go. Very difficult for those uh, individuals to find friends. All right. And hear me out on this. Sure. When you're in high school, you, 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 you're on social media, you're on Snapchat, you got, I mean, I see it with my kids. They're on Snapchat. My, I mean, they're, they're, in, they're Snapchatting 300 different people at the school. I didn't talk to 300 pe- fucking people in my <laughs> life. You know, they yeah. don't understand what a close friend, they don't have very many really close friends. They yeah. have a lot of, the, like when we were growing up, we had, hey, this is my best friend. And then you had best friends and you had like, I mean, I had, I don't know, five, six people that I would say are really, really close friendships. Yeah. That you And now they don't have that. They have a bunch of acquaintances that they know on social media. Then they go to college. And if they're in a fraternity or a sorority or a football team or whatever it is, you have built-in friends. Yeah. So you don't have to go look for friends because you have built-in friends. And then all of a sudden, real life happens. Yeah. And you move off to a city and you get a job and you know no one. Yeah. And you don't have the tools necessary to go look for friends. Um, and I'll go ahead and tell you, like in, in my, what I do for a living, when I hire people to move to Oxford, Mississippi, okay, to, to work for a job, it's very difficult because they don't know how to make friends. This is not a town that you really go out and make friends on if you're, if you're in your late 20s, early 30s. Um, 40s or 50s. Yeah. But you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a different town. Yeah. But, that that generation has a very difficult time finding friends, uh, true friends. And the only the only thing I would say is is from that aspect is and I'm with you about the hate people thing. You got to be you. Um, hating people is not it. Hating people is not going to get the end result that he's looking for. But you also got to put yourself out there, okay? And going back to the social media thing again, the root of all of this is that people are afraid of failure. All right. Us growing up, I mean, how many girls rejected us until you find the right one? You know what I mean? And, but it was just like a thing back then. Yeah. We broke up. We move on to the next one. Trying to You got a number. Yeah. It's like 4,000. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I was never, I was never a super confident guy with, girls i mean i that's that's the truth i mean that's again i, I would have benefited at a young age from therapy I, I i needed it um but you know what i'm saying though it's yeah. just like the fear of rejection of- but like to your point like you know had 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 laura been all about money well she would have she would have never had any interest in me i mean i i was i was when i was 24 years old or whatever when we met i mean i i made I think fourteen thousand four hundred dollars a year, and we we moved to Birmingham. And I've told the story so many times. I mean, this isn't really about the life advice, other than you want that you really the part about the breakup, man. You 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 caught a break. Yeah, he got so lucky because um, she's she's too materialistic at this point in her life. Now, maybe she'll get better. Maybe she'll, something will change. And, 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 you know, people do change and have, have awakenings, but, you know, we moved to Birmingham and I worked a day job at a weekly newspaper. And at night, I mean, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, I strung for the Birmingham post Herald. And so I would go cover a high school football game or basketball game or whatever on Thursday night. 
another one on Friday night. And then sometimes on Saturdays, I'd get sent to like a wrestling tournament or a volleyball tournament at, at some school in, you know, because Birmingham's a big city. You've got the you've got the the school system with like Carver and Parker and and all of those. Then you've got the over the mountain, Homewood, Vestavia Hills, Mountain Brook, whatever. And you had like Briarcrest Christian, and you had all the Shelby County schools, you know, Thompson and 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 Chelsea and um um uh, Shelby County, Montevallo. I mean, I was covering all that stuff, right? They'd send me to wherever, like Leeds, Moody, um, you know, Oak Mountain. I mean, at the time they were building all those schools, Hoover, Pelham. Leeds has got a Bucky's now and a Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds is Leeds has grown up since that day. But the point was, is I was always gone. I mean, and she knew I wasn't like I was making a ton of money doing the stringing, but I was putting a little extra money together, but I was really doing it from a trying to build my career and all that stuff. And, um, you know, but we look back and sometimes those were great times. So the here, here's the truth, man. Oh, two things. One, again, she did you a favor. And two, the answer is you're doing great. You're making that kind of money at 28. That's fantastic. And it's not bad at 28 to be pretty work focused. I mean, you, you should be work focused. You should be thinking about your career. Your career matters. It's important. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not. You've just got to figure out how to do the life balance thing. And in your time that you're not working, uh, you need to figure out what it is that you like, because there's something that you like, there are things that you like to do and put yourselves in, put yourself out there in places that are doing things that you like. Yeah. And if he doesn't put himself out there, then this is all for naught. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that, and, that has to be done. You have to risk the the chance that you're going to be, you, you are likely going to get rejected another 50 times. But Neil, you know, as a wise man once said, I just made this up. I don't know who the wise man is, but I just thought of this while you were just saying that, yeah. you know, there is a reason when you get married and you get up there in front of, the good Lord, the priest, the preacher, your family and all that stuff. And you say these things called the vows. There's a reason in that vow. It says for richer and for poorer and in sickness and in health. Okay. You got to have, that's the whole point of it is you got to find somebody that sees through all of that. And, and like the whole point is seeing you for who you are, not yeah. for what, what yeah. the exterior factors are. And so like, the whole thing is the whole thing about partying and bars. If that's not where you like to go, well, then you're not going to be in a great frame of mind in those places. So that you're and not. And if putting... he meets somebody there, that's not going to fit what he wants yeah. to. Do. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. the whole so, point. So figure out what you like to do, and put your best foot forward in those environments, and see what see what comes of it. And again, multiple people suggested this app Hinge, H I N G E. So it's, it's another it. it's another type of uh, one of the gazillion dating apps i think that are out there but but i think it's more it's more serious than like some of the apps are like hey you hook up app basically gotcha. you know so anyway check it out all right we'll uh we'll wrap it there appreciate uh, everyone listening episode 150 again we'll be back in person uh next week on uh mccrady and siski we'll wrap up the super bowl and turn the page to god only knows whatever else we talked about once football is over there are always Always things to get to. Again, thanks to Rain. 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. For uh, Tyler Siski, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this episode of McCready and Siski. 
Uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Talk to you Monday. Bye. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.